I take one false cast and I put it right onto the tip of his nose, six inches in front of it at 40 foot, and he immediately hammers it. It's hammer time on episode 60, brought to you by ReelsandTackle.com. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. All right, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Sam Sergo coming to us from Texas. Sam, welcome aboard, and why don't you just tell us a little bit about your background to get things started off here. Yeah, sure thing. So I actually grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. Um, If you're not familiar with West Texas, it looks exactly like Belize, but with no vegetation or water. (laughs) Okay. So fishing was kind of a deal that we did, you know, when we went to the lake or if we got away to the ocean once every 10 years, that's, that's what we did when we were kids. But we really didn't fish that, that much when I was a kid. And, you know, I, I went to school in West Texas uh, at Texas Tech University. Okay. Uh, I ended up getting my engineering degree. And I worked in the oil fields of West Texas. And really, I did it uh, to start funding my passions. And hunting and fishing was what I always wanted to do. And I started, you know, making good enough money to go and do some of it. So when I was in college at Texas Tech, I actually had a semester where I became really sick. And um, I really uh, needed an outlet. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of stumbled upon a fly fishing package for 30 bucks, And I just decided that I needed to be outside and I needed to try and make myself better that way. Right. And I started fishing in a pond in Lubbock, Texas, and catching bass every day out of the pond with my little fly rod that cost almost no money. <laughs> right. I was, I was pretty hooked at that point. I I ended up getting a lot better um, in the next three months that I was, you know, practicing fly fishing, and I went from hitting myself in the back of the head with a fly rod <laughs> to casting a hundred foot with no problem. So nice. That's really how I got into it was during college. Mm-hmm. And so I, I guess you, you know, as you got better and things fired back up and you got busy with an engineering uh, curriculum there, did you kind of get out of fishing for a little bit or were you able to keep it up while you were going through college the rest of the way? No. So actually I got married when I was in college and our honeymoon took us to um, Grand Cayman. And uh, that was the first time I'd ever been out of the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to Grand Cayman. I brought my cheapy fly rod and <laughs> ended up catching a 23 inch bonefish while I was there with a guide and I was oh, man. totally hooked and uh after that trip it solidified what I wanted to do with my free time so once I got my my full-time engineering job my wife is also a petroleum engineer so mm-hmm. both had the same vacation time and everything we would go travel everywhere I think we went to eight countries in the first year that we were married Wow. Whether it was on cruise ships or flights or whatever we did, we we ended up going to a lot of different places and fishing a lot of different places. And you know that wasn't that long ago. I I really am. I feel like I'm still a rookie. I've only been fly fishing for about nine years, and it 
it just changes your perspective once you actually make all of your vacation time dedicated towards a sport. It makes it a lot more rewarding. It, right. It gives it a purpose rather than just sitting on the beach. I'm, I'm, you know, hunting for fish along the shoreline or I'm out with a guide learning about the new, the culture of the, of the place that I'm in. It's, it's really cool. It's a really great way to travel, honestly. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, you just put up a, a pretty interesting Instagram post where it, it, it these were not just tackle boxes. They were suitcases full of flies that you tied. It looks like for a trip down here to Florida, actually. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I'm, I am really deep in the rabbit hole on fly fishing. I, uh, I build my own rods now. I tie my own flies. Mm -hmm. I just love everything about it. It's, it's what I do when I'm done with work or, you know, if I, it, it, you know, there will be times where I, you know, don't feel like tying or tying anything or building a rod. And then all of a sudden we'll book a trip and it'll be like, that's all I want to do. Yeah. So we booked this trip to Tampa with an amazing guide, um, in Tampa. He, it's secret squirrel fly fishing. This guy's amazing. Captain Barkley. Okay. Um, we go with him and he's going to take me tarpon fishing, which I've only, I've only caught small mangrove, you know, 30, 35 pound tarpon right mm -hmm. um in belize well we're going after the monsters and i decided to just start tying i don't know i've been tying probably for the last two months and i've already got two very large boxes full i i, just, <laughs> I saw that <laughs> i go i go crazy for it I, I tie for every type of species i think i might see i tie new creations that i you know i just dream up mm -hmm. i'll, I'll I'll come back into my office. Uh, you can see it. I know people listening can't, but this is this is my man cave. I actually work from in here. I have all of my fly fishing and hunting gear in this room, mm -hmm. and I just I kind of live in this room now. Oh, yeah. So I, it's what I do. I, I really just love tying these flies, and yeah, like you said, I, I have an Instagram post of just you know how many I tied in the last few months, and it, it's quite a few. I mean. It's a good variety. You can catch any fish that's out there in the salt with one. So it it's fun. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, so let's talk a little bit about some of those places that uh, you've been chasing around uh, all the all these different critters with your fly rods. You, you mentioned eight in your first uh, year of marriage alone, right? Eight different countries? Yeah, so some of those weren't so focused on fishing, obviously. But, you know, we went to Grand Cayman, Belize. We did Honduras. Um we went to uh, the Bahamas. We did um, Costa Rica, Cali, mm -hmm. Mexico. Uh, yeah, we we did a few different places on cruise ships that you know weren't really great for fishing, but we did it anyway. Honduras right. one of the most disappointing for me. Uh, what was it? Oh, okay, it, it's Rotan. Now it was only disappointing because this is also at a point in my fly fishing career where. I'm not casting, you know, 65 feet into the wind. I'm casting 25 to 35 <laughs> feet into the wind. Yeah. So it's, that was a really rough trip for me, just realizing that if I want to do this, I have to practice a right. lot. Right, right. Yeah, the different countries have been a lot of fun. I really, you know, there's a ton of them on the bucket list, but for right now, um, the U.S. has been a lot of fun because Texas has great redfish. 
you can go. I, I live in the Houston area, so okay. I I can be on the coast in two and a half hours with my polling skiff, mm-hmm. and I can drive to New Orleans in five hours and be in the best red fishing in the world. Or yep. you know, I'm a plane plane ride away from Florida, which I love going to Florida, and yeah. So I'm all the different countries we've been to have been a lot of fun, but. My favorite so far has been Belize. I've been there three times, which I know isn't a crazy amount, but it's it's my favorite place to go. I love the people there. I love the accommodations and the islands, and and just uh, I love being on San Pedro Island because you can go anywhere on a golf cart. Yeah, it's how, just, neat. Yeah, it's just fun to rent a golf cart and take everybody with you on the golf cart, and you know, drink a few beers. You're not going to kill anybody driving a golf cart when you've had a couple. <laughs> Uh, yeah hopefully not yeah it's just (laughs) right yeah it'd be pretty catastrophic yeah but it's a lot of fun to just be in that little island community and and all the guides there are very experienced and i haven't had a really bad one yet i Mm -hmm. haven't i've had a couple that i weren't wasn't very impressed with but there's there's a lot of experience on that island for fishing so it's it's my favorite spot yeah and and they've got all the target species right do they have snook there you know, I think they have some snook closer to the mainland, mm-hmm. but uh, they have a lot of. You can, you can be the worst fly fisherman in the world and catch a bonefish in Belize. All it, right, well, that's where like, I need to go then. <laughs> it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Oh. Uh, the tarpon are pretty tarpon, thick, yeah. Fair. And then permit, which permit is, I've been targeting permits since I heard about them, mm-hmm. and I've never hooked up with one. Oh yeah. At probably a hundred permit individual permit since I've been fishing and I've never hooked up with one. Really? And it's the most frustrating thing in the world because you'll place that fly right in front of them, six inches in front of their face, a foot in front of their face where you think it's going to be perfect and they'll just look at it and they'll swim off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They are tricky to find sometimes. And just like you're saying, you're tricky to catch. Um, I personally have not caught one, but I, we were down in uh, Miami bone fishing and permit fishing and uh i spotted the one that my uh colleague caught and so oh. I, I at least took half credit for it but it was it was yeah. it's an amazing fish they're something else oh yeah man line screamers i mean they'll they'll just take your line and you'll be out of backing in no time yeah i love love watching those fish swim i i was really it was funny in belize because you, you can go snorkel on the reefs mm-hmm. and uh I swam into a pack of permit, and so I have these videos where my GoPro is pretty much touching the tail of a permit, <laughs> and I can't yeah. catch them with a fly rod. Right. They'll let you swim right up and pet them, but put a fly yep. in front of them and forget it. Yeah, they don't care about those <laughs> chicken feathers in front of them, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they're probably as much or maybe more so frustrating than tarpon. I don't know. It might, might be a close first and second between those two. I think so because you can hook up with a tarpon and lose him instantly. Mm-hmm. At least it doesn't even give you the time of day. Right, right. Well, so you you mentioned there's some other countries on the bucket list. Uh, any one at the top that uh, you're hoping to get to soon? Yes, I'm really hoping. Me and my wife have been talking about going to uh, South Africa. And ah, yeah. They have some giant trevally fish in there, and mm-hmm. they obviously have big you know african safari style hunting that you can do so yeah through to gims buck they're really pretty animals and uh we're thinking about maybe in the next couple of years making a big trip like that but that's 
that's that's a really big trip. I mean, yeah, you're gonna spend some some dough getting over there, <laughs> and and you got to spend a lot of time too. I mean, it's a good distance to travel to get out there, especially to the hunting grounds. And so you you've really got to set some time aside. Not in addition to the money you got to set aside. Oh yeah, so we're we're looking to find a way to make that work. I've always wanted to. I don't know if they even charter it, but I've always wanted to see the great whites jumping out of the water down there. Oh so. yeah. I'd love yeah. to pull some those, you know, on Discovery Channel they have those goofy cutouts that they <laughs> yeah. pull behind the boat and the shark <laughs> right. nailed it. I'd yeah. love to do that. I, I may just put that string a little further out behind the boat, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know that I want it too close to the boat. Right, for Man. sure. Yeah, those things are crazy. Well, um, you, you know, you, you say you love to see the sharks. Did, have, have you gotten to do much shark fishing? Have you ever done any uh, fly fishing for sharks? I've caught one shark on a fly rod um, down in South Texas. Uh, we go about 30 miles out to the rigs, and mm-hmm. uh, we actually rub some meat, some fish meat, on a fly. Ah! And I cast in front of a in front of a little sand shark. He was only mm-hmm. about two or three foot long, and hooked up with him. Which sharks are really frustrating on the fly rod because you don't have a whole hell of a lot of drag. Yeah. So We'll get them all the way to the boat, and then they'll just shoot right down to the bottom. <laughs> and they'll do that to you about three or four times. So they just wear you out. Yeah. yeah shark, I would like to go in Florida. They have um, spinner shark fishing mm-hmm. on the fly. And so that's supposed to be like the best, you know, fight you'll ever have. I want to try that out for sure. Yeah, that's why I asked, because I know more guys here in Florida are getting into uh, fly fishing for sharks, you know, in addition to all the other uh, species they normally do. I see it it looks like it's getting a little more popular. So, you know, if you like catching big tarpon, uh, which you're going to be targeting here soon, you know, big sharks on a fly, man, that'd be a pull, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're they're a lot of fun. I also really, if, if you ever make it to Belize, you got to go check out the nurse sharks on the reef. You can go swim with them. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. I mean, they're not going to hurt you. They eat seashells right. and stuff off the bottom, but it's just a lot of fun to go swim with a six-foot shark and hug it like a teddy bear and let it drag <laughs> you around. It's it's fun. Yeah, I we've caught a couple here where we are off on the Atlantic off of uh, – um the kind of canaveral it's it's about mid-state where i go fishing and uh i I like in catching a nurse shark to uh hooking into a submarine it just (laughs) swims away and you can't really stop it (laughs) no they don't fight a lot they just go yeah they just they they don't run out of steam right yeah they're they're pretty neat animals for sure Um, so you say you started out bass fishing on the fly. Do you still do that kind of stuff in your area? Yeah, occasionally. Um, I actually moved to the Houston area about five months ago, so okay. it's still pretty new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but up north of Houston is a lake called Conroe, yep. and we take my little flats boat out there, and we'll we'll go cast the rod a little bit. I'm trying to learn how to spin cast. I, I've never really been into bass fishing so i'm trying to learn how to use a bait caster right. and spin caster that kind of stuff so starting to get into bass fishing a little bit and uh we've been catfishing a little bit out here off the boat as well which that's been a lot of fun too yeah um but yeah we we usually um go to the lakes in our neighborhood i will cast a small fly out with a uh, nine foot of leader mm-hmm. clear 
Yeah. on it, and you know those bass are just—they're not spooky or anything. They'll—they'll they'll definitely hit a fly out here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's mainly what I've done fly fishing is uh, poppers and that kind of stuff, fishing for bass. Um, every now and again, I get to uh, try it in the salt water, but it just seems like every time you bring the uh, the the uh, the fly rod and you're determined to do it, it's when there's a gale force wind and uh, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm yeah. I'm getting picking up the spinner rod again. This is too much. Right. Oh, that's that's definitely a part of why I want to learn how to spin cast is, you know, you go out to the Gulf and it's blowing 25, 30 miles an hour, which I can cast in, uh, just because I learned how to cast in Lubbock, Texas. And if you've ever been to Lubbock, Texas, you know that there is not a day without wind mm. and it, it blows. We've had gusts of 70 to 80 miles an hour there. Obviously I wasn't casting right. that, but it, it's very windy. Uh, oh. I learned how to cast in, in 30 mile an hour wind. So I think that's why I was so drawn to saltwater because you have to be able to cast in the wind and not a lot of people are good at that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and most people do it the opposite of what you did. You know, they start with the conventional tackle and then work up to the fly right. fishing stuff. Right. So I, I have no doubt you'll get a hang of that, uh, real quick, uh, get, you know, with the spin gear. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, you know, being there in Texas, I just wanted to ask you, uh, before we get to your big story here, uh, we've talked to a couple of folks that, uh, go down to Laguna Madre there, um, and fish down there. Do you, I, I know that's a little bit of a haul from Houston, but do you get out there and get to fish there much for redfish and stuff? So I actually go way, way down to South Texas. I have a really good buddy named Dusty that lives in a place called Port Mansfield. Mm, okay. And uh, it's near Laguna Madre. Okay. Now, we fish the flats out there um, in Redfish Bay and things like that. And uh, that's where we target, you know, slot reds, mm -hmm. just a little bitty 18, 22-inch redfish. And on the fly, we catch those. We've caught jacks out there, skipjacks, uh ladyfish, whatever you want to call them. Right. And uh, that, that's what we target way down there. But yes, I'm, I'm familiar with those areas. Okay. So, yeah. So you got redfish and uh, and then if you, Galveston is probably the closest uh, saltwater access to you now where you're at. Um, have you been down there and done any fishing in that area? I've been once. You know, I since I've only been there once, we didn't really catch anything. I was trying to learn the area. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I was on the wrong side of Galveston Bay. I think I need to be on the west side. I was looking on the east side, and uh, I'm going to try a different spot to put in next time. There's just not a lot of uh, – it's more of a shipping channel where I was. Uh, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of good fishing spots. Right, right. Well, there's a whole lot of coast there to explore <laughs> in yeah. Texas. So. Yeah, seems endless. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But I, and I know there's some good fish in there somewhere, so I have no doubt you'll find them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool, man. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, Sam is going to share an epic fishing adventure with us. So stay tuned. If you fish for redfish in stained water or shallow areas with a lot of weeds, a weedless spoon is one of the best baits to use. In my experience, there is one saltwater spoon that is head and shoulders above the rest. And I've tried a bunch of them. Plus, most of my biggest speckled trout have also been caught on this very same spoon. Check it out at tell.fish slash gear in your web browser. All right, we are back with Sam Sergo, and we've been talking about 
fly fishing really all over the world, um, you know, from Belize to, uh, um, you know, Bahamas and, and uh, the tropics there and, and also some of the fishing that he does in Texas. But uh, so I'm wondering, what is your most epic day that you want to share with us and, and where was that? So my most epic day of fishing was actually out of Louisiana, New Orleans mm-hmm. area. I, I don't want to give too much away. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to reveal the secret <laughs> spot. You can send that to me in an email later. <laughs> yeah, I will do. So uh, me and my best fishing buddy, Sean, we uh, we decided we wanted to go target reds. Um, gosh, this was three years ago. And we found a guide on Instagram who is quite honestly probably the best fishing guide I've ever had. Um, I don't even know if I want to give you his name because I don't want his dates to get any more booked than they already are. (laughs) (laughs) But his, his name is actually Greg Moon. He's an incredible, incredible guide. And we, uh, we got picked up in the morning, um, after driving, we drove from Midland, Texas, which is where I'm from. Mm -hmm. So that was a 14 hour drive to get where we were going. Got there at 2 a.m., Woke up at 6 a.m., headed out um, in the boat. Uh, we we learned very quickly. Me and Sean are both very proficient casters. We can both hit 90 foot pretty regularly, and uh, we can hit our targets very well, unless they're 15 feet or less. <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't cast short. That's what we've learned we have to learn to do. So that day we get into this first cove that... We, uh, we've actually visited since and the fish are still there. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of black drum in there. And the first fish we see is a black drum tail out of the water. I mean, he's, he's got a 12 inch across tail. Wow. Just and then straight up, but he's 10 feet in front of the boat. And so <laughs> Greg tells me to cast, I flop it in front of me. It doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> I can't cast that short. He's yelling at me, cussing at me, trying to get me to cast it right. <laughs> Never get this fish hooked up. Finally, Sean gets on the front of the boat, and he gets an opportunity to hit one at about 40 foot, and he catches his black drum. We, uh, we've been targeting redfish, though, and, and we really want to get a redfish. And Greg keeps pointing them out to us you know, throughout the day. He's like, you don't see that pumpkin floating in the water? And <laughs> we both, we're not accustomed to Louisiana water. We don't see yeah. anything that he's talking about. Finally, halfway through the day, we start seeing what he's talking about, and I end up being on the front of the boat whenever we see the biggest fish of the day. Um, it is a very, very, very large redfish. I will send you a picture for sure. Yeah. Uh, he is swimming away from us. He's feeding away from us in about two foot of water. His tail's tipped up. He's feeding aggressively on some crabs, some shrimp. We can, we're getting closer and closer and Greg's telling me to be patient, be patient. So he's swimming quartered away from me, which is the hardest cast to get in front of a fish's yeah. face. Mm-hmm. When you cast at a redfish, you want to have that fly within a dinner's plate of his feeding. So we get to 40 foot. I take one false cast and I put it right onto the tip of his nose, six inches in front of it mm-hmm. at 45, 40 foot. Nice. And he immediately hammers it. I mean, he, there's no pause. As soon as it just slightly hits the water, he nails it. And, uh, you know, strips at it, lift my, my you know, rod up, and uh, 
Greg's cussing at me because he thinks that I lifted my rod up before I strip set it, so he thinks I hook, <laughs> and so he's mad at me. And I'm like, no, no, it's set in there, it's set in there. And uh, he takes off, he takes, you know, a good run. We finally get him to the boat after he ran three or four times, and he almost doesn't fit in the net. I'm I'm super excited because this is the biggest redfish I've ever seen. Right. And uh, he ends up weighing, I think, just shy of 30 pounds. Oh, and, nice. Uh, he's He's over four feet long, so we're I'm I'm taking pictures with him. I'm pumped. We're all yelling and screaming. We get him back in the water safely, and he swims away. And it, that was probably the best cast of my life, and one of the best fish I've ever caught. You you saved that perfect cast for the perfect time, didn't you? I did, and you know what? Every perfect cast I've ever had usually is not rewarded. It's usually <laughs> right. the one that slaps the water three times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, that's a really interesting point you made at the beginning there that, you, you know, you were prepared to make these long casts of fish and turns out you were getting fish right by the boat. And I've had that same experience redfishing, you know, I get the long spinning rods, the seven foot and light line so I can make super long casts. And then, you, you know, you'll have them right at the boat that spook away, you know, and, and you see yeah, them and you can't cast to them because you're casting so far out, you know. That's, it's really frustrating. Yeah. So so how do you uh, cast a fly rod 15 feet? Did you ever figure that one out? Yeah. You, you just, there's a couple different ways. I like to, if it's really close, I slingshot it. So I just pull the fly back and just okay. let it go. Like flipping under a dock, uh, huh? Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Um, or I'll, I'll leave enough line out in the back. You call it a D loop for roll casting. Okay. I'll leave enough line out to just roll cast it into where I want it. Right, right. It it's some practice to get there, just because we don't fish streams or anything. All we fish is big open water, so we're always casting really far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. So, what what uh, weight fly rod were you using for that fish? That was a nine weight. Okay. Um, nine nine weight is a very good weight for the Gulf Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, Louisiana, Texas, uh, you can catch anything with a nine weight and it may be a little too much rod for catching ladyfish or something, right. but it's just enough rod for a big bull red. Right. Yeah. That's what I was thinking that, um, you know, if you were using a, a seven weight or something, you would have been, you would have had a, a two hands full with that fish. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. So, wow, that turned out just perfect. So, uh, did you get to catch any more that day or were, you were just ready to sit back and <laughs> just soak it in? You know, that? It, it, it took so long for me to get to that point during the day. I think it was probably 1230 or one o'clock when I finally got that fish. Yeah. Um, I let Sean fish on the front of the boat for the rest of the day. I was so pumped about that fish. He actually ended up catching a really impressive fish too. His was 23 pounds. Mm-hmm which I made fun of him for it being dinky, but it's really <laughs> a big redfish. I mean, it, that's a really nice redfish. But oh, absolutely. Yeah, he caught a really nice one as well, like right as we were about to go in. So it was a great day. Man, so, and you say that was a couple of years ago when that happened? Yes, about, I think it was two or three years ago. Okay, and so I, I take it that trip has now kind of become a regular or semi-regular feature? Semi-regular, yeah. We actually just went uh, for the first time on our own, um, gosh, a month and a half ago. Uh, mm-hmm. We took my wife with us this time, and she caught a, she caught a nice bull red. He was 18 and a half pounds. Yeah. Uh, he was exactly 36 inches long, so she caught a great one. That is a nice she fish. Fly fish. 
Yeah, it was a great fish. She doesn't really fly fish, though. She used the spinning rod. Actually, <laughs> we joke that she stole it from Sean because we had seen this guy tipped up. His, you know, he, he was feeding right there in front of us, and Sean was casting at it. He wasn't having any luck, and he was changing out his fly because he was blaming the fly, and <laughs> Natalie threw her bait in there, and as soon as she threw it in, she was like, dang it, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And I was like, well, the log you're stuck to is moving, so you might want to reel it in. <laughs> That's the best kind of log to be stuck on. Yeah, she, she <laughs> caught a great one. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. Hey, well, he he had his shot. He didn't he didn't he make did. it count. He did. He wanted to blame the fly. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's that's what happens. Yeah, when I'm fishing with my son and his friends, uh, they they don't even give you one cast, man. They're if you see a fish, there are two lines going out in front of you, and they're all yep. over it. Oh yeah, I got buddies like that for sure. <laughs> no doubt. Well, Sam, that was just uh, incredible the way that came together for you. You know that you were able to get that cast you know, right place, right time, right fish, and, you know, just get on an epic uh, fight like that. That was, that's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, I appreciate it. It was a really epic adventure. Yeah, no doubt. Well, thanks so much for coming on today and uh, sharing it with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. There are so many amazing places to fish. It's doubtful any of us fishing junkies will ever be able to hit them all. But we can certainly do the next best thing, experience them through the eyes of fellow avid anglers who share their most epic adventures with us. Sign up to be our guest on the show today at www.tell.fish guest. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.